Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Alright, hope you enjoyed that. And um, I just want to um, take one, one of the scriptures that um, Nikki mentioned, Nikki Gumbel mentioned there. He says in Romans 12, verse, verse 2, it says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and all of us start with the need of our minds to be renewed. Whether, you, uh, uh, whether you're not a believer in, in Jesus or whether you are a believer in Jesus, all of us need our minds renewed. Uh, let me just uh, maybe give just one example of each, um, just um, sort of in closing. <clears throat> so often, you know, we... We cannot see, like that passage says, that God's will is good and perfect and acceptable because our minds, um, our thinking actually um, is wrong and what is right seems wrong to us. And what is good actually sometimes seems bad to us. Um, And we have misconceptions about who God is, about what it means to serve Him, what Christianity is. And, And I just want you, if you... If you haven't, um, you know, if, if you're still sort of searching things out and checking things out, just be open to, to discovering that maybe God isn't who you thought he is. Maybe the God that you rejected, you were right to reject him. Maybe I, as a pastor, would also reject that God or that notion of God. Maybe Christianity isn't quite what you thought it was. Um, think about this. C.S. Lewis, uh, one of the most brilliant men, in my opinion, in the last century, he said it this way. He said... We have a problem with justice. And if you can just bring up that, that scripture in, in Romans 3. Uh, we have a big problem with justice. Uh, it says in Romans 3, verse 25 and 26, God presented him, Jesus, as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed before and unpunished. And he did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. And the, the, the challenge is we, in a, in a sense, we want justice. Uh, we see the need for justice in the world. We see, I mean, South Africa in the last couple of years and the failure in the justice system, the failure to enforce justice in our country has shown us how bad that is. When justice is not enforced, things just get worse. Corruption gets worse. Stealing gets worse. The economy gets worse. Uh, the poor suffer more. It's bad. The last couple of years have been pretty bad. And it's all because justice hasn't been enforced. So we we see that if justice is not enforced, if there's not ultimate justice, then there's no hope for the world. Then things go bad in the world. And everyone suffers. Okay? So that's the one side. But the other side is, if there is ultimate justice in the world, we're also in trouble. Because if we're very honest with ourselves, we're on the wrong side of that justice. And, and that's the point that C.S. Lewis makes in his, in his book, uh, Mere Christianity. He says, um, you know, it, we need justice. The world is pretty hopeless place without justice. All of us lose if justice is not there. But if justice is there, then we also lose because we're on the wrong side of that justice. Because we, we know that a world in which everyone steals or everyone kills or everyone lies doesn't work and it's not good for anyone. And yet we sometimes do those things. We sometimes lie. 
And then we might say, when we lie, oh, no, no, I don't care. I'm not so, you know, um, fastidious about the truth, you know. You know, I'm not so nitpicky about it. Um, we might say that until someone actually breaks a contract with us or breaks a promise they made to us. I mean, how do you feel when you buy an item that has a two-year guarantee and then three months into having this item, it breaks and then you take it back and they say, oh, no, sorry, you know, and they don't do good on their promise. Kind of ruffles my feathers. <laughs> kind of makes me upset when someone breaks a promise to me. Um, and yet, if I'm honest, sometimes I'm tempted to and sometimes I actually do break promises to other people. You know? So sometimes I'm on the wrong side of that justice. Okay? And I'd like for, their, for, for that one case for there to be made an exception for me. <laughs> And me not to be held guilty. But the problem is, we, we're faced with this dilemma of if there's no justice, if there's no perfect justice, there's no hope for the world. But if there is perfect justice, there's no hope for us. Because the problem is not, and, and I love the way, uh, you can just bring up the next quote, um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, um, the famous Russian guy, he, he says this, he says, if only there was, uh, it was so simple uh, if only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and to destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. And who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart? See, that's the problem. Like Spider-Man says, how do you fight the darkness when the darkness is within? <laughs> The, the reality is we're faced with this, this challenge that if there is perfect justice, there's no, uh, if, if, if there e e isn't perfect justice, there's no hope for the world. If there is perfect justice, there's no hope for us. So God's justice and ultimate justice, perfect justice, is actually a massive problem. How do we deal with that? Because it's, and, and this, go back to, to, um, to the Romans 3 scripture. This scripture actually tells us God's plan for dealing with it. How can God be just perfectly just so that there's hope for the world, and yet be a justifier of people through who have evil in their hearts, who are not just. We know, we know that if a judge catches someone breaking the law, committing a crime, and then lets them off the hook, and that's what justifying means. Justify means you declare someone just. You, you deliver a positive verdict for them. And we know that if a judge does that for someone who's guilty, that judge is not a good judge. He's not a just judge. But those are the only accused that, you, that God is faced with, is people who are actually guilty. So how can God be just and be a justifier of those who are guilty? And the solution that he came up with was he presented Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement. So that he paid the price, the debt incurred by our crimes. Um, and why I'm saying that is we all need to be renewed in our minds. And maybe this whole Christian thing that you're looking at looks irrational to you, looks wrong to you. Maybe you think, yeah, you know, in order to become a Christian, I'm going to have to take my brain and put it in my back pocket. I'm going to have to stop thinking. No, actually, you're going to have to start thinking more. You're going to have to do like C.S. Lewis and actually think deeply about things. And then you'll discover it actually makes good sense. It makes good sense. And God invites us 
to receive by faith, as it says there, Jesus as an atoning sacrifice, so that God can solve his divine dilemma and continue to be just and yet in his love be the justifier of those who believe in Jesus. So that's, you know, if you're sort of still considering Christianity. If you are a Christian, the same thing, the justice of God, how do we think about it? It, it, it challenges our thinking and, and forces us to renew our minds. You see, if you do have faith in Jesus Christ as the atoning sacrifice, and you do, and He has paid your debt, the debt you incurred through your crimes on your behalf, then you will never again suffer because of God's judgment. Now, firstly, we have a problem with the fact that you know we still have to suffer, <laughs> but that's a reality of life, um, and part of the renewing that's required in our minds as, as Christians is the realization that not all suffering is bad for us. We know this with our children, come on. <laughs> when our children do wrong, we inflict some suffering on them. You know, I heard of this, this um, uh, father whose uh, daughter is going into her teenage years and she was, you know, sort of getting very rebellious and upset and moody and so on. And, and she would constantly scream at him and then slam her uh, room door and then, you know, go and hide in her room. So he decided, okay, if you do that again, you know, there's going to be some consequences. And she screamed again and slammed the door again. And uh, next day when she came back from school, there was no door on her room. <laughs> He'd taken off the door. <laughs> and he said, no, well, the door is a privilege. And you have now foregone that privilege, you know. <laughs> and that was good for her. It was discipline. But it was good for her. She needed that in order to grow into a mature adult who is responsible and who is kind to other people. Um, and we need to renew our minds as Christians, firstly, by realizing that not all suffering is bad for us. But then secondly, by realizing that when we do suffer, and we will, it's not because God no longer loves us or because God is punishing us. Because if Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, then He's already been punished for our sins. So if you're a Christian, if you believe in Jesus, you will suffer, but you'll never again suffer because God is punishing you. I like the way Tim Keller says it. He says, Jesus suffered not so that we would not suffer, but so that when we do suffer, we become more like him. Can you see how we need to be renewed in our minds in order to grow? And that's, that's um, the, just the message I want to share with you this morning. And I want to I want to actually just ask you, um, if, you, if there's someone sitting next to you that you feel comfortable with, I just want you to turn in groups of, you know, two, three, four, whatever, uh, to one another. And I just want you to quickly discuss this and maybe mention one area in which you think you need to, your mind needs to be renewed. And then I'm going to, I'm going to give you about three or four minutes, five minutes, and then I'm going to, let's make it four minutes, and then I'll pray, pray for us and, and, and close the service. Um, so just turn to one another and uh, just quickly discuss that. Any area in which your mind needs to be renewed. So let's just close our eyes and, and, and pray. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you are greater, um, better than we imagine you to be. Thank you, Lord, that you are greater than our stereotypes of you. Thank you that you are greater than our expectation of you. And thank you that you are greater than we give you credit for. And uh, 
thank you, Lord, that your will for us is really what's best for us, Lord, even though in our unrenewed state, we don't always realize that. But we just come, Lord God, and we want to open ourselves up to the, to the truth and the reality that what you want for us is ultimately what is best for us. And uh, we just thank you for that, Lord God. And Lord, I just want to pray your blessing over every person here, Lord God. No matter where they are in their walk with you, Lord, I just want to pray a blessing over them, Lord God. I want to pray, Lord, that, um, Lord, they'll be open, Lord, to experience more of you, Lord. Um, that they'll, Lord, be, be open to experience more truth, Lord, to learn new things, Lord, about themselves and about you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that they'll find, Lord, um, Lord, that if they're seeking truth, Lord, that they'll find that ultimately, you, Lord, you are seeking them and to reveal your truth to them. Lord, I just pray your blessing over every person, every family, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.com. Dot Jarberg.